0: I want to see what that dad bot can do out there. Not buying your banjos around the campfire. Shove them up your ass.
1: Zach, it's football and other F words. And what did I just say to you right before we started recording? We're going to try <laughs> to keep this at 30 minutes.
0: <laughs> we'll see. You know, I, I just took a chicken out of the oven and, uh, cause the timing got messed up as a little bit bigger than what it was supposed to have been. And it just would not heat up even with bacon draped over it. It just would not get to the right temperature. So I told Lauren, I'm going to pull it out. It should be good. You know, you can go ahead and eat without me, but I should be done in about 30 minutes, death nail, hour and a half episode coming. Yeah,
1: at get, get ready for an hour and 15 minute episode. Um. We really don't have a lot to discuss today, but that doesn't mean that I'm not bringing the passion because there is the first thing that's under my skin a little bit is Traylon Burks. So, uh, rookie mini camp. Obviously, started, a fat ass. Uh, I mean, obviously. Right?
0: I mean, there's no inhaler involved, no ice involved. This man does not care about football. This is Isaiah Wilson 2.0. So, it, was it
1: Friday or Saturday that he. Friday. It was Friday. Okay. So, as all the local Yahoo's are going Ooh. off the air, Traylon Birch takes the field, lasts about 30 minutes or so, and then apparently has to leave the field with heat exhaustion. And apparently, there were reports that an inhaler was being used. Of course, this prompted uh, the the most you know competent, stable fan base in the world of the Tennessee Titans uh, to completely implode on Twitter and this guy showed up out of shape. He's fat ball. I mean, just absolutely coming unglued. but then day two rolls around on Saturday, which day two was, you know, just as warm, just as not pleasant outside. And he does just fine. What do you know? So my, here's my problem with this. It's not the, the, the former that he showed up potentially out of shape or whatever. It's that on Monday After this was already written off as uh, it was a one-time thing on Friday, clearly he showed up Saturday ready to go. I mean, you you got Teron
0: Davenport starting on Saturday all the way through Monday, just pounding the table that this doesn't fucking matter.
1: (laughs) And it doesn't. And he's damn right. He's 100% right. It doesn't matter. But the clickbait artists out here, unfortunately, took to the airwaves and took to the keyboard on Monday. To get in their clicks and to get in their listens because it's we are in May. Today is May, what, 17th? Yes. Uh, it's Tuesday, May 17th. That we're recording this. We are in the dregs of the offseason. Rookie mini camp is as useless as preseason. Actually, it's so much more useless because at least preseason. They put on pats and pads and kind of hit each other. <laughs> like, there's nothing. They definitely hit
0: Dylan Raiden's. The other team well, definitely will steamroll Dylan Radin's at preseason.
1: I, it's just it, all the idiots, the clickbaiters could not wait to take to the airwaves and to the keyboards on Monday to start banging on this. Is it a problem that he showed up out of shape? Blah, blah. blah. Because the narrative was dead by Saturday afternoon. It was a 24 hour news cycle that completely died. And I, I'm just going to say it I, Stillman. On 1025. I know he plays the game that he plays, and I get that, and it draws listens in, but he just couldn't wait to dive right in, and he was not the only one.
0: Well, it, it was funny because I did catch that little clip of the start of the show where he's talking about because he, he had mentioned TD's uh, commentary, but he also mentioned in the tweet something about whatever PK said, and I know PK went right on afterwards after it all happened, went on OutKick and did, said something. Uh, but he played it, and, of course, PK says that you know he's out of shape, he's fat or whatever, he sensationalized what he saw instead of taking into account the inhaler and the ice pack. And then TD, of course, with the level-headed take on Monday afternoon in the, on the 102.5 Midday Show. And then he plays both clips, and then Stillman goes, well, I just don't know who to believe. Well, I think I'm going to believe the guy that played some football that knows the X's and O's over the guy that works for a sensationalistic uh, atmosphere and likes to over you know, emphasize every little negative aspect of the Titans football area, era in Paul Kaharski. I mean, Tehran is as level headed and as t- down the middle as you can get in the local Titans media, in my opinion. He, he knows his stuff. He knows the X's and O's. He, he knows how football works from a player standpoint as well. I mean, he knows all the stuff he's been around. Trust the guy, that guy, you know, you don't, that's like me going to a uh, buck for uh, movie or TV advice. He doesn't watch movies or TVs and doesn't know anything about pop culture. I mean, this guy doesn't know shit. I'm not going to Buck and believe in Buck. If Buck said, (laughs) man, this new game of Thrones show is the best piece of television I've ever watched. Well, I'm not going to trust it. In fact, I may even not want to watch it because he said it was so good, but that's just, to me, there's, there's nothing to, to say. Look, when, when it comes down to it, I think it was chance, uh, Campbell, who said that he had got here, I guess, a week early and started training in Nashville at that time, uh, I believe is his press conference, because he said, I want to get used to the Nashville atmosphere. Not many players do that. Now, Theo Jackson, obviously he lives. He's from here because, you know, that's all anybody's ever going to talk about. Theo Jackson is where he's from and he's been a Titans fan. He lives here. They're not going to get into anything other than that. As the media story that I'm already sick of. And I've only, and he's only been in front of the media twice. And I'm already sick of the fucking story <laughs> that Theo Jackson lived in Nashville. In fact, I don't want any player that ever rooted for the Titans growing up or played or lived in Nashville on this team anymore, just because of that, because I'm so sick of it that bring him home and all this stuff. The, the, those human interest pieces bore me. Go, go save someone from a car wreck and then get, let's get human interest piece going. (laughs) So Traylon. Yeah. He lived in Arkansas, right? Or he played in Arkansas. He should be used to the Tennessee humidity and weather, but being that he has a history of asthma and being that the pollen count is probably utterly ridiculous here. And he's probably forgot to, Maybe hit his inhaler before going, going out because he's probably really pumped, you know, and all that stuff. I'm not surprised that he had got he bent over and he had to leave and he couldn't finish it up because he had problems breathing. But he was perfectly fine the next day. At that point, you're correct. It is a such a non-story that people are forgetting, not just the Derrick Henry stuff, because that was the first go-to. Was everybody was about Derrick Henry? What about the AJ Brown rookie year coming in at 240, hey. 250, or whatever he was, fat as hell and out of shape? And talk about someone out of shape. At least Traylon stayed healthy through rookie minicamp. And good on all the rookies for staying healthy through minicamp. And that's a that's a big thing that I think is being ignored is that at least his correction for whatever happened on on Friday was fixed by
1: Saturday. I part of me wants just for Paul to have followed him all like Kevin Dodd just talking about what's going on Do fat stay out here, you know, with a camera, <laughs> but, but again, he showed up Saturday and it was a non-issue. Now I'll say this. If he shows up to camp and it starts to reoccur or, you know, the out of shape piece starts to rear its head again. I mean, yeah, we'll be right back on it, but you can't take one single very first glimpse of a guy and automatically make that determination. I mean, you're right. He, uh, AJ Brown showed up to rookie camp almost like 240. I mean, that, that's that's country gravy thick. I mean, yeah. he showed up <laughs> and got down to like 225 by the start of the season, uh, and and had hamstring issues, you know, that were um irking him the whole time through that. So, again, just I just I know there's not a lot to talk about right now, and this is more, mainly for media types, but. I just don't understand why we have to sensationalize something. I mean, yeah, when I was doing podcast prep, I pretty much did podcast prep for this 10 minutes before we jumped on and I'm asking Zach, like, what exactly do you want to talk about today? Because there's not a lot, there's this, there's a schedule release. There's really not a lot out there to discuss. So, but. At least nothing
0: mean, that nobody's already heard
1: about 30,000 right. times because nobody has anything to really talk about. Right. Exactly. I mean, the, the second we turn the mics off, a UFO will land in Nissan stadium, but. Uh, there's not a lot to talk about right now, but that doesn't mean you have to take the topics that are available and sensationalize the shit out of them. You don't have to be Jared Stoneman. Okay. Don't get your clicks and likes and listens that way. It's a disgusting way to live. (laughs) Well, I will say this.
0: I I think that, I think everybody had a real bad case of PTSD. And I think that's what it boils down to is that, Oh my God, this guy couldn't finish a practice. And I don't fault the fans for having that "Oh, here we go again," kind of feeling. I really don't now, <coughs> excuse me, Mike, you know, said that it had him worried a little bit and on friday evening. i i I said, "Look, I'll wait till he has an injury issue to be worried about this. I don't really think it's that big of an issue. And then come to find out that next morning, Saturday morning, before they even practice, you know, I, so I, I thought about it as like, well, he had the inhaler. Does he have a history of asthma? Cause he comes out with an inhaler and with a ice pack or something, wet towel, cold towel on the, on his back on the back of his neck. And I'm thinking, well, that sounds a lot like asthma. Now that I've, you know, thought about it a little bit more. Cause I really didn't think about much about it on Friday. And sure enough, the guy's got a history of asthma. This may happen again at training camp when it's even hotter. And when it's even, when they got pads on and, when they're doing a little bit more physicality uh, at training camp and when the pollen count is even worse, you know, it may happen all perfect storm. Again, I'm not concerned until someone tells me on the staff to be concerned. And that may never happen, but as long as he's not showing up on the injury report, that's all I really care about at this point. And that's all you should really want from your rookies are them Making it through training camp healthy and not on the injury port, because that has been what has plagued a lot of our rookies here at the in Nashville has been soft tissue injuries. And I think it's okay that, okay, the guy has an asthma attack or maybe he's a little dehydrated. I mean, these guys are pumped to be there. they're 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 going to forget to do some of the silly things. In fact, Mike Frable was on Sirius XM this morning. Uh, Tuesday morning talking about how they all forgot and left their towels, their sweaty towels all over the uh, workout room. And he had to like go in and crawl up, up in their ass and tell them, Hey man, these trainers are not here to clean up after you guys have to clean up after yourselves. So there's going to be little things like that, that is growing pains for rookies. It's okay. At this point.
1: Oh. God, what it what it indicates to me, Zach, unfortunately, not, not that we didn't see this coming, but fans, and, and look, rightfully so, but fans are looking for any reason to point to two things. A, told you so about Tannehill, and B, the second that Treylon does anything out of the ordinary or or shows up to camp his first day and has to leave with an inhaler, oh my God, it's exactly why we shouldn't have gotten rid of AJ Brown. There is not a fan base out there Uh, To seal a quote from from Buck Rising on his own show today, there's not a fan base out there that is more thirsty for a a starting wide receiver because they haven't had one. Then they had one, and he got traded. (laughs) So it's coming. It's going to be a long offseason. It's going to be a long start to the season. There's going to be overreaction throughout camp, throughout preseason, and I'm just going to have to deal with it.
0: (laughs) I'll, I'll say this about the star wide receiver thing, and I look at it like this we had one star wide receiver for 2019, 2020, and 2021. Cause you're not going to sit here and tell me that Corey Davis and Julio Jones are some star wide receivers in the NFL. <laughs> I look at this team and I look at Traylon. I look at Robert Woods. I look at Austin Hooper. I look at, um, uh, Kyle Phillips, you know, so these guys, as you go down the list, I'd much rather have all of these guys than just one person. Yeah, and, and, it, And I think that's what's been the problem these last few years is that it's been A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry. That's really easy for the defense to key in on. Now you have a couple of players that allow you to maybe attack in a different way than just force feed one guy the whole time. It's It's just a little hope of optimism, just a little optimism out there.
1: Uh, by the way, he signed his contract four year, fourteen point three million, fully guaranteed contract with a fifth year option. Uh, there you go. I don't think that yeah. even warrants discussing any further than that. It's that's called. I mean, contract.
0: that's the thing about all these contracts is that they're all slated now. Like they're all pretty much. Yeah. You, when you're drafted in this position, you're getting this much money.
1: Yeah, it's just what it is. It's is what it is. Um, well, the NFL has released their schedule, which kills me, Zach. Every. <sighs> Fucking year, a three hour show to tease it, but then they're leaking out pieces of it days at a time. And then inevitably the dam breaks six hours before the NFL's big, stupid release show. The entire schedule gets leaked. Everyone knows their games. So then, why would you turn on the NFL Network or ESPN at that point? Did you watch any of the schedule release stuff? Oh well, fuck no, <laughs> hell no, I did not watch it. The, the, old, the closest I made. got was yeah, the,
0: cl- the closest I got was watching the uh, like the little release videos the teams do. Okay, That's all well, I watched,
1: and those are entertaining. Yeah, those are entertaining, but. You you just make, you just gave me a face like I just asked you if you watched porn on the living room couch in front of your parents. I mean, <laughs> you no, know, I could care less. The entire schedule leaks before the show. I just don't. There's no reason. Even if you're going to have a show to do it, that's a 30 minute show. In my yeah. opinion, here's the schedules. We're out.
0: I, I don't get why people are so desperate to have the schedule leaked. And to follow accounts and retweet and believe everything they're going to be. see, uh, You know, Graver and them, they were all talking about it one day. And uh, they were uh, that the day of and a bunch of them were saying, oh, these are the games. Oh, this this is here's the schedule leak I found on Reddit. Here's this. Here's that. And someone said, oh, we got a primetime game against Green Bay. And I go, yeah, I knew that in two hours. Like I can you not wait till for 2 hours? Right. Like what is this I don't get it because you know what happens when you get the schedule? You can plan your trips. So there's an exciting thing if you're going on away games. You can plan which games you want to attend to. Those are things that matter. But you can't trust any of the leaks that come out, so you can't plan it. So what why can't you wait to the day that it's scheduled? I just don't get it. And then on top of that, what drives me nuts is the people that immediately go into win loss predictions. And in fact, you had uh Dan Orlovsky who is the world's worst analyst outside of breaking down film, I guess. But I mean, obviously he's not worth a shit because he had the, the Titans and the Colts uh, going the same record, but the Titans had the tiebreaker, but he had the, the Titans uh, missing the playoffs or something like he he even contradicted himself in one segment trying to do a win loss record because these guys don't they're not held accountable to know all the ins and outs and everything. And here's the thing: the win loss predictions don't matter in fucking May. The uh, odds, you know, the spread of a game doesn't really matter in May. I mean, it doesn't matter to ask your audience, well, what do you think the opening line should be? Is anybody gambling experts out there that can act accurately do that besides Music City Bets and um, Alan Bell? Like, why are you asking Joe Bob thirty five, who is you know probably on Twitter, you know, for just purposes of to watch your show, uh, what he thinks the line should be? I, I don't. This whole thing makes me so mad. I hate everything about it because you know why? Because <laughs> at the end of the day. Mike Vrabel is a schedule buster. I'm going to tell you something, my uh, Lebowski on Friday. Did you watch the Mike Vrabel press
1: conference? I did not.
0: Okay. So Friday, after all the press conferences are done, Mike Vrabel was the last one. Can you believe that someone fucking asked him what he thought of the schedule and what he thought about the (laughs) games and everything? Have we not learned by now that Mike Vrabel does not give a fuck about the schedule. And that's where I'm at. I'm at this point that our show has evolved over the years that I used to, we used to on this show break, go game by game. I remember we were sitting in, in, in my uh, office at the, at in Nashville going game by game. And then it keeps on evolving. And it gets to the point. I don't even want to go through the whole fucking schedule anymore. Because it doesn't matter because you know what? Everybody said the Jets and the Texans were automatic wins. And so what did Mike Frabel and the Titans do because of injuries that were sustained that you can't predict they lost. And then the whole October thing that was the best or the hardest part of the schedule, the hard, hardest part, they swept it. They swept it. And we were like, Oh, they'll be lucky to get out two and two during some stretch. I mean, me, you and Mike, we, we said that. If they get out of this stretch, two and two, we're golden. They got out like four and oh. It's just pointless. It's all just fucking, it's fucking uncreative bullshit.
1: With that being said, week one, week one. Um, the Titans do have four primetime games. Uh, one of them is at home. Monday night football, September 19th against the Bills. Sunday night football, November 6th at Kansas City. Thursday night football, November 17th at Green Bay. Thursday night football, home December 29th against Dallas. Does it matter to you that the Titans only get one home primetime game? Is that a thing for you that you want to attend them? I didn't even know until you just told me. (laughs) I knew they had four primetime games. I knew
0: who they were against. Had no clue who was home and who was away besides the Green Bay game because me and Braden talked about that. I said, if it snows in that Green Bay game, I ain't fucking watching it.
1: No, hell no. Because Titans are losing. They're losing by 30. Like, well, let me just throw, what they do. <laughs> let me throw this at you because I saw this tweet this morning before work, t- work took over my life. Um, starting in 2023, ESPN's Monday Night Football is finally uh, going to include flex scheduling for weeks 14th through 18th, uh, which will feature three Monday Night Football doubleheaders per NFL's VP of broadcast scheduling. So let me ask this. There, almost every single reply under this tweet by Schefter is people saying, well, that really sucks for people who make travel plans and then they flex that game to like Monday night. Get which, trip insurance. Well, <laughs> it's a good point. I mean, Expedia puts it right there. Get trip insurance. That's a good point. I, that I, I have a little bit more sympathy for that just because of like, you're taking your kids to, out there and then all of a sudden they got to miss school or the logistical nightmare of it. But at the end of the day, it goes along the lines of what you and I have talked about over and over about like, did these players not know you and they're not your fans. The NFL doesn't know you, and you are a business transaction. But think okay. Think of how
0: many times we have complained during that week of the shitty Monday night football games oh, they yeah. have. I mean, oh, yeah. let, let's be honest. It was, you said, is week 14 through week 18? Yeah. We talked about it all the time about those Monday night football games and how bad they were.
1: And then so, they are.
0: And then they are. So we're talking, uh, hold on, let's get this later. Get out of here! Pop up. Okay, 2021. Here's your Monday night football schedule. And you said week 14 through week 18. Right. Chargers at Rams. Boring. Vikings at Bears. Bad. Dolphins at Saints. Oh, Browns nice. at Steelers. Browns and Steelers is okay because in the end it's a it's a rivalry game. But you're talking about Dolphins at Saints. Dolphins won 20 to three. The Vikings were seventeen to nine, or won seventeen to nine versus the Bears, who were six and eleven at the time. And then you have um, the Chargers at Cardinals, which was kind of an exciting game. But is that really a marquee game? Besides Justin Herbert, because the Cardinals were at that point just kind of like flailing in the wind, like they typically do at that and in that point in time. Those are all almost all flexible games. It's a win. I think it's a win. I understand the travel concerns, but if you are a avid traveler and you're listening to this show, get the, get the insurance. And that's just all I can say, because I think that they're going to, they, they know that Monday night football has been a shitstorm of games lately for the last, you know, five or six years, the quality of the games themselves and the people in the booth, they're going to be flexing some motherfucking games in 2023.
1: No, for sure. And it's, uh, again, a little bit of sympathy, but like you said with the travel insurance, but again, this, the NFL does not know you, You you're a business transaction. And they know that the majority of their funds come from people tuning in on TV, not the 80,000 people who are going to go to this game. I mean, they're going to choose inconveniencing 80,000 people versus having to inconvenience 20 to 30 million people every week who don't want to watch the fourth iteration of Cowboys, whatever NFC East garbage fest on Monday night football that we've been getting stuck with because they're the only primetime schedule that can't flex. Am I right on that? Can, you can flex Thursday night games yeah, too. I believe. Yeah. And, so, and here's the
0: thing. When you, when you talk about that, they don't know who's going to be good and who's not going to be good. They should have an idea right. by the way. And some of these bad teams get in because of markets, but they also think that some of these teams are going to be more competitive than what they are. Hence why the schedule Predictions don't fucking matter. It doesn't fucking matter. Your scheduled predictions are pieces of shit that deserve to be flushed down the toilet.
1: Week two, Titans, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so but this year, week 14, Pats, Cardinals, week 15, Rams, Packers, week 16, Cardinals, Colts, Week 17, Bills, Bengals. Okay, so on paper, most of those matchups sound like decent TV viewing. But we be creeping up to week 14, and all of a sudden the Patriots are garbage, the Cardinals are garbage, and nobody wants to tune into this. Monday night's been stuck with that crap lately. I would love to see them flex. Of course, that doesn't yeah. apply this year, but right. you're exactly right. It goes back to I just can't stand people who want to make entire shows out of win loss predictions, waste people's time on podcasts, waste people's time on articles. It doesn't matter. To me, it is to, actually, I find it more silly than mock drafting. I give mock drafting a, a, a hard time, but mock drafting for the purposes of media at least can kind of give your fans some sort of inkling of, okay, person X on the radio kind of knows what the team, knows the team better than I should. This is where they think they're going to take players. It ends up going out the window by pick 20. Well, and you can also shit. figure out <laughs> some players that you may not have even heard of. Right, exactly. But this shit, predicting win-losses, predicting opening, getting mad about opening spreads. There was a tweet last week. I wish I had taken a screenshot of it, of, of somebody was mad about the opening spread against the Bills for the Titans week two.
0: That will change We know nothing times. about either one of these
1: teams. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it will change 30 times between now and then. And I, I think the people that are chalking up automatic wins against the Giants and stuff like that, are, I think they're in for a world of hurt. When week one is a noted liar, week one always lies to you as an NFL fan because there are so many teams that you think are shitting that beat good teams. And I think a lot of people are down the Giants, but nobody knows what this Giants team is going to look like. So they're a really hard team to prepare for because there is no film on this Giants team in particular with the new head coach the, some of their new toys and the the new coordinators. You don't know what this team's going to be. You could maybe look at Buffalo and think they're going to run something similar to that, but that's not a guarantee that that is what's going to happen. So in, in my estimation, it's not a layup win that everybody should just be saying, "Oh, it's an automatic W" because I thought the same thing about the Cardinals last year and guess what happened? Right. That motherfucking like- Taylor Lewan, you know, allowed like nine sacks by himself. <laughs>
1: i've never wanted to eat cyanide so quickly into a football game yeah um that, that, that was that said, was a rough one that being said thursday night against green bay it's a win go ahead mark it down i predicted <laughs> um so unless it snows <laughs> unless it snows and fuck everything about that jazz um guess what it is 27 minutes which means we're gonna spend the last three minutes talking about f1 and we're gonna let you people get back to your lives uh formula one and other f words is brought to you by Zach and I. (laughs) There it is. It's us. Or nobles. Maybe we
0: can start getting we need to chat up to people at Noble's and say, hey, you know, we always tell people to come to F1 Fellowship. Maybe you guys can sponsor us. I may do that next time we're there.
1: Were they mad that you showed up with massive bags of
0: McDonald's? No, because I gave it to the bartenders.
1: Oh, nice. very nice Okay. I said to bartenders, Um, y'all can have it. In case you don't know what we're talking about a couple weeks ago during the uh God, what race was Uh, that? Amola. Amola. uh, Yeah. Zach showed up with like what looked like ninety five dollars worth of McDonald's breakfast. It was wonderful. There were bags filled with burritos and save and hash the day. Those are, it's an early race, saves the day. It was very very good. We showed up at eight a.m. and again this week, um, it is the Spanish Grand Prix in Barcelona. Nobles <laughs> is inviting us back at eight a.m. So if you want to come hang out, hang out with us in East Nashville, um, V Love has been the leader of the fellowship with this. He is our Jim Jones of the. Uh, of this, we're not going to drink Kool Aid and kill each other yet. But come out, Bloody Marys, Tequila shots. Maybe we'll bring you a breakfast burrito. But I'm I'm so thankful for F1 this time of year because I get to balance the absolute no NFL news with there's an actual very exciting sport that we get to follow, and it's back this Sunday.
0: And it's it's a fan, it's just so fun to watch. I can't get over it, and it's starting to take off in America, obviously because of Netflix and because. Obviously, because of this podcast is just exploding <laughs> across all across America. And I'm, I can't I couldn't be happier than to see someone saying, oh, I just watched Drive to Survive or I just watched uh, this race. Now I now I get it. Now I understand what everybody's talking about in this last race um, that that came through the Miami. I thought they did a great job with everything. I know that there was a, a, a couple detractors about the actual production of the race. But to me, F1 is one of the most well-produced experiences on television that you can get as far as the commentary and the angles that they typically give you in, in moments that you you get everything explained to you in, in such a good way. I, I just really love everything about F1. I really loved everything about Miami. And I, I from everything that you hear, Stephen Ross made more on this F1 race than he did the entire NFL season last year, which is insane to think about. And it, it sold insane. out in like 30 or 20 minutes. I mean, it is an experience that everybody that went, that I followed on Twitter that actually went to the event, were having a hell of a time. And it looked like it was such a fun time from – uh from watching on the TV. I mean, I I have to at some point get to an F1 race. That's like a bucket list I have to do.
1: If it's anything like say Moto GP, which I know it's much larger stature Moto GP, what I do like about race events. I've had I've heard some detractors about once you're in that kind of event there is no getting out. Well, yeah, that is true, but if you're a fan of racing and you've been to any kind of racing, you know that's true for almost any type of racing event. But if it's anything like Moto GP, you just you get to experience a different style of fan base from racing, than what you may be used to. If you've gone to any NASCAR race, you'll know immediately that it's a different animal when you walk in. But um, I'm okay with the whole, once you're in the venue, there is no getting out. I, I, I'm i like you, I want to experience this. I, I keep tossing around the idea of trying to figure out how to make Vegas work. But what terrifies me is that what you just mentioned, the Miami race sold out, it was something like 40 minutes this thing sold out. I, I like, when do this, when does this shit go on sale for Vegas? Like what do I have to be up at 2 AM on a certain night to make this happen? I don't even know where to start, but I want to make it happen.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, and trust me, you want to get in when it actually opens up because the resale is ridiculously priced.
1: Oh, just terrible. And the listing of things that were on sale for the Miami race, $400 crab cakes per, per crab cake at some of the VIP places they had some kind of $5,000 a plate um, dinner on the beach like the night before the race oh, that's for, insane. for certain VIPs. I, I, Cartier had a $130,000 ticket to the game that included private jet travel, a hotel room, and a piece of jewelry. <laughs> I mean, just the absolute spectacle of spectacles, and I can't get enough of it, and it is absolutely because of this podcast. It has nothing to do with that Netflix show, whatever the hell it's called.
0: <laughs> utterly ridiculous love it come though. join
1: us um nobles um the f1 fellowship uh nobles in east nashville the race starts at 8 a.m we will be there at 8 a.m and we will definitely be um definitely having some drinks to watch that one but um glad to have f1 back in our lives and you know what vincent that's for you he got all over me about not giving him a proper f1 minute last week even though i talked about f1 for 10 minutes last week but it I didn't was a interrupt- long so- f1 i thought it was long enough, one, but he was he was upset that I didn't reference the Miami race itself, like the actual event of it, because I failed to watch it. <laughs> I couldn't watch it. It was Mother's Day, and I was stuck cooking. But um, we will definitely be giving you an after report of Barcelona for sure. So uh, there it is, Zach. Thirty three minutes and fourteen seconds. As it. I say this, we've actually stuck to a uh, schedule this time. It is football another reference. Thank you for tuning in. As always, we will be here with you to overreact and chide you for overreacting as the offseason creeps along. Um, thank you for tuning in as always. Please tell your friends that you listen to us, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get podcasts. And remember, you've just been effed.